Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been great friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, and almost 70 years of work experience. Well, we must be old. We are making this podcast together to try to help each other and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. So, Mr. Kramer, what's today's topic that I suggested? <laughs> what was that topic you suggested? <laughs> I suggested we talk about car maintenance because I just I did it this morning and I thought it'd be good to talk about. All right. Something you shouldn't be afraid of if you own a car. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking about it because I, you, you know me, I'm a fairly organized guy probably more so than the average bear. And I, I write myself a lot of little notes in Outlook that says, hey, go do this, hey, go do that. And I just find it helps me remember to do things. So today was the go check the fluids on all the cars that, that I have and check the battery. And that's so I did that on three of the, my four cars this morning. So when you're checking the fluids, you're checking to see if they're still wet. What are you checking? <laughs> I'm checking things like... How's the brake fluid look? Which is important to check because braking is important. I'm checking things like the coolant um, for the radiator and the the Toyota Priuses that I have have a coolant for the inverter as well, so a separate coolant module. And I'm looking at the oil, uh, and I've had some problems with oil on one of my Priuses lately, so I check I check that and um, uh, windshield washer fluid. And uh, let's see, what else? Uh, in my battery for my Nissan Leaf, it actually, I have an old school battery where it actually has water in it. So you got to pry the caps off and make sure there's um, good old distilled water up to the top of them. Huh. Well, a couple of things. Let's assume that this would be for rank beginners because I do almost none of this stuff. And I'm guessing a lot of our listeners don't because let's face it, cars don't need as much tender loving care as they used to so uh you could go your whole life without ever checking some of this stuff yeah it's i think it's important i was thinking about it too because my uh my daughter who lives in new york city today doesn't have a car is gonna take a uh an extra car that we had here that she was using in arizona and we actually spent about an hour and a, oh she thought it was gonna be an hour i think it ended up being two hours just kind of going through basic car maintenance because she's not very mechanically inclined and um it's just good to know that basic stuff and it's good to ch- check this stuff. And I'll, I'll tell you a couple of bad things have happened to me, but um, uh, just knowing how to do that, I think is good. And looking at that stuff is good and it can prevent some problems and some su- surprises. Um, and the other thing I did today was just check the air pressure in the, in the tires. Cause if you don't check your air pressure regularly, you get uneven wear in your tires. If they're underinflated, it starts wearing on the outside. If they're overinflated, it wears in the center. Generally, people have underinflation because they don't put air in their tires and it wears down the outside. So you rattled off a, a few things in a row. I would just like to jump to one, which was you said you checked the radiator fluid on a couple of vehicles and the, the coolant. Lo- right. Yeah. Right. Right. So just a warning: don't touch the radiator when it's hot. Don't pop that off to look and see if it's cold you can get seriously injured and none of the other things you're talking about are like that they're pretty low stakes but uh something to remember and i learned this the hard way you know if you're 
<laughs> if the if the lights come on in your car while you're driving, some of them you can ignore safely. The one that says hot or oil, those you pull over right away and wait and figure out what it is. You don't say, huh, I'm going to drive home and ask my friend Dave what he thinks this means. Pull over a, and call and ask for help. Yeah, that's a good point. On the uh, cool, cool, it's a good point. You don't ever want to open that radiator cap unless your car is cooled down. On the coolant for most cars, at least the cars I have, you can look, it's a translucent plastic container. You can look through and see if the coolant's between the minimum maximum. And the only, I'm trying to think of all these, of all the fluids, the only ones you have to do something different than look is like the oil, um, you know, dipstick. And, yes. you know, it's interesting. Like you said, modern cars are so reliable and I really haven't had a car that's used oil, but my 2010 Prius that my son drives, it has about 130,000 miles on it, started using more oil. Hmm. And I don't know, you know, there's a couple couple theories. I've seen a lot of articles where um, people say that that particular engine after it gets above 100,000 miles has some issues with um, oil, you know, usage. And it's not uncommon for some cars to, you know, go through a, say a quart of oil every few thousand miles, but I've never had a car like that in the last 20 years. I hadn't checked his oil for a long time. And he came home one day and said, Hey dad, the oil light was coming in my car. And like, Oh, I jumped out of my chair, <laughs> you know, ran outside and looked at it. There was like maybe a quart of oil in that engine. So I, I, I'm going to interrupt you and just jump in for our listeners. The oil light doesn't mean the oil is low. It means the oil pressure is low. So yeah. again, don't drive with the oil light on. Uh, you could have extra oil in there and have that light come on. It will go off if you lose enough oil, um, which apparently is what happened with your son. Do you say it was two quarts low out of six? I think it was, I think it was like four quarts low. I mean, Ouch. it was unbelievably low. Um, and he said, Hey dad, you know, I've noticed when I'm taking a corner, the oil light's coming on. So he's losing, I think he was just losing pressure as the oil was sloshing around and wasn't going through the pump. This my guess is what was going on. So two theories. One is when the, the oil change place changed the oil, I generally bring my own synthetic oil and have them put it in and they forgot to put oil in it. I did, I didn't check it. Normally I will check the oil after I get an oil change place. I'll check the work that people did and I didn't do it this time. So maybe it didn't get filled or maybe they're just, I think that particular Toyota engine has trouble with um, burning oil once it gets older. Huh? Yeah. Fixing that is generally a major repair. So you can buy a lot of oil for the cost of a, uh, <laughs> of a valve job. Yeah. And it's not, the problem with that, it's not really clear what it could be. One of the one of the potential issues was a PC V valve, positive crank case ventilation valve. And I just replaced that a couple of weeks ago, which is, it's not super easy to get to. And you can get to it from under the car without taking anything else apart, but it's really hard to get your hand up in there. Anyways, the parts like eight bucks are a place that some people have, uh, said they've had success with, with stopping their oil usage problem with replacing that valve. Um, and uh, it, it's not been enough miles to, to tell, but I tried that. But my point is you should check your oil because if you run out of oil, it's bad. It, it um, can wear down the piston rings on your pistons and then they don't seal as well and it burns oil and doesn't work as efficiently as it should. And a, a reminder for our listeners, yes, you should listen to your dad, but this isn't just a dad giving advice. Dave Blasco worked for one of the best car companies in the world for several years. So he's, he knows more than your average Joe on this kind of stuff. 
um, <laughs> let, let, let me, this, this doesn't fit with my green credentials, but yeah. it seems to me if you are actually burning oil, it doesn't make sense to go with the expensive, uh, expensive oil you like to use the synthetics, the synthetic should. oil. I guess if you burn a lot of oil, it'll probably be cheaper just to go with regular oil because you're you're gonna you're gonna burn through it, I guess. Because it's probably not actually burning, right? It's probably leaking, but you're not seeing any spots under the car, huh? There's no leaking. It, I mean, typically it's going into the combustion chamber in that I case. See. So I, okay. I'm not seeing it's not leaking under the car because I don't see any I don't see any fluids underneath the car. Now I did have a trouble. My my son and I changed the inverter coolant last summer, so we did like a hundred 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 twenty thousand mile tune up on the um, Prius and we changed the spark plugs out, which is no easy task for that car because they're hard to get to. But anyways, um, I did a dumb thing. and I didn't order a new crush washer for the drain bolt for the inverter coolant. And I tightened it up and I didn't realize that it was leaking and it was leaking underneath. There's a big plastic cover underneath most modern cars. So the inverter coolant was leaking onto the um, plastic and it would never drop onto the ground. And then would evaporate there, and so it was a good thing to check that because that was an error that I made, and I could see the inverter coolant going down. So I finally realized what was going on. It was just leaking. I could kind of look in there with a flashlight, and I had to take the plastic off, and then um, just kind of tighten it up a little bit more. The same so wash around there, sealed. It was it up. evaporating. It wasn't burning. Yeah, that that's a separate issue. So the, it was just leaking where the bolt was, where you okay. where you drain it. And you're, and I forgot to order um, uh, a lot of time. There's a, um, a uh, like a crush washer that basically seals like an aluminum washer that seals up against that. And I forgot to order it. And I didn't realize that until after I drained it out. And I thought, okay, I just reused the wash. It'll crush up and their lumen's pretty soft. But it, I'm, I'm pretty sure I torqued it to the correct torque, but I just gave a little bit of more of a cinch and it, that solved the problem. Hmm. But that's a good reason to check your coolants to make sure everything's going good. So like I said, you know, modern cars are so reliable, but I went through all this with my daughter because she's going to be taking the car and living with this car, you know, 2000 miles away from me. So I think we went through some basic car stuff so she knows because um, if you don't know basic car stuff, I think sometimes people can take advantage of you and try to sell you on crazy stuff, right? Yeah. So let's go through them. So the the coolant level, which is water mixed with some kind of alcohol right that gets circulated around yeah yeah um you can see that in a you don't look in the radiator there's a a reservoir next to it that gets drawn in and you can look at it and it'll show you higher low marks right usually a min max a min and max yep uh oil you need to pull a dipstick out which is in modern cars seems to be more accessible than in the old days but you do that when the engine is cool an engine's cool yeah when you get get yourself a paper towel and then basically there will be like like two little indentations sometimes there are two little holes you pull this dipstick out that's about two and a half feet long wipe it off with the paper towel then stick it back in set it all the way then pull it out and the this this the notch at the bottom or the end of the dipstick is low and the one towards the other end is you know full and the difference between those is generally one quart of and oil you do this when the engine is not running and um yeah when it's cool and on a level surface is important if you do this yeah it's a, a good point on a slope yeah. you can get a bad reading and because you can too much oil is a drag if you you don't want uh, an engine 
my understanding was if you have an extra half a quart, it's no big deal. If you have more than a quart over, you can get problems, right? If somebody put eight. So it can be sloshing around in there. Yeah. Yeah. I hear some new cars don't have dipsticks anymore. It's just interesting. I, I don't have one, but I hear there's some new, maybe some new European cars are going without dipstick. Huh. And you just read it from the, the uh, computer. It's the dash. There's like a dash. Yeah. A dash output. Interesting. I don't have that, but all of my cars have a dipstick on them. Interesting. Um, Except my electric you, car. No dipstick on my electric car. Yes. All of this is <laughs> this is going to be my punchline. This is all a good <laughs> argument for an electric car. You don't have to do any of this stuff. Um, but did you say check the transmission fluid? Um, no. On these cars, you can't. Like on the Toyota Prius, you have to get underneath the car and you have to unscrew a bolt to like a site. So that's a big deal. You you want to put up on a lift or have your dealer check the transmission fluid. That's something you check very infrequently, at least on my cars. Really? They don't have a dipstick for that? Huh. Not on my cars, no. In the old days. The Prius has like a... Yeah, you're right. Back in the old days. And and old days, you used to have power steering um, fluid to check as well. Most cars had a power steering fluid pump. And I think all, all my cars now don't have power steering pump or fluid check because they're electric uh, there's an electric cyst for the power steering i didn't know that okay so i don't yeah. have to make my point about you check the uh, transmission fluid while the engine is running yeah like on the prius it's it's a bolt you unscrew and it's basically you put your pinky in there and feel if there's oil in there or not it's, no, it's interesting because the prius is a pretty yeah. sophisticated car but yours is what a t- the one you're talking about alex's was a 20 10? So 2010, and then my daughter's is a 2015, which is there's it's essentially that same generation. They're the same car, just one's the first year, one's the last year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and what well, I thought you mentioned another fluid. Let's see. We talked on the Prius. You have a you have a, a, a inverter coolant, so you have that you have that DC to AC conversion. So it has a separate coolant system for the um, inverter. You have the coolant for the engine. Um, windshield washer fluid, which is good to have. I mean, it's not going to create a problem, except if it were really dusty or muddy and you couldn't see, then you can't clean your windshield off easily. Um, brake fluid, you know, you should eyeball, you can eyeball your brake fluid if, if your brake fluid is low, which is pretty odd, but you can add more brake fluid. So there's some kind of reservoir you can see with a mark on it, high and low? Yeah, it's generally a little plastic translucent thing for brake fluid on it. You can eyeball it and see if it's low or high. Yeah, as your as your pads wear, sometimes that level will go down because more fluid has to go in there to press your pads, which of you know your pads burn away through you know the f- heat from the f- friction over time, so it goes down a little bit. So, how often would you do this? Um, you know, probably like I've got it set so I look at it about every four months or so. We don't drive a lot. If you drive, if you drove more, you should do it. I think more often. So, you know, you'd want to check your engine oil maybe more often, maybe every three months or something like that. Hmm. Uh, but I think I was, you should also ch- change your tire pressure. I have a note to change my tire pressure every six. Just look at every six weeks. I've heard people say you should check that every month. Hmm. And how often should you rotate the air in your tires? The air, or the tires themselves. <laughs> It's a joke, right? Yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. I Don't never rotate the air. Fly. I never wrote although they sell you on nitrogen for your car tires now, which apparently has a bigger molecule than lower unsprung weight. 
Yeah, or makes it harder to leak out or something like that. But most manufacturers say you should rotate your tires every 5,000 to 7,500 miles. The Toyota says 5,000. The, the Nissan says every 7,500. It just gives you more even wear on your tires. Yeah, I don't know. I had a couple of cars where you couldn't rotate them front and back because they were different size tires, and then you couldn't radials you can't go across. So also, I had to buy tires every 10 or 12,000 miles. So. Yeah, that's the sport. That was a sports car, though, right? Where that's not uncommon with high performance sports cars to have bigger tires in the back, rear wheel drive sports car, and smaller in the front, slightly smaller. Yep, stupid profile tires. Yeah, ours are all the same, so they can be rotated front to back, and just good to do that. You can more even wear and potentially, you know, make the tires last a little longer. But uh, the other thing I like to check in Arizona, because batteries tend to go out here, and I, I, have, I finally broke down and bought a battery tester. It was like 25 bucks. It'll just basically check the quality of how many amps your thing can crank out. Um, and I'd like to check that every six months because it gives me some advanced notice that maybe the battery is not holding up, especially during COVID. I was driving the car every couple of weeks because we weren't going anywhere. But, um, you know, I replaced a couple batteries. I replaced the battery in my, the Leaf actually has a 12 volt battery. And even this electric car has a regular battery to run the accessories. And I replaced that then replaced the battery in the Prius because it just wasn't holding a charge enough. And and my wife's car, her SUV, it's the original battery in it. And it's getting to be about six years old now. So I I noticed it it is nominally 800 cold, 800 amps, cold cranking power. CCA is what they say inside the battery. And about the best I can get it to is like 350 if she drives it for a while. So it's, it's, I know that it's time that it's going to tend to replace the battery. And so she has one of those little portable battery jump starters that will jump start that car. But, you know, I'm looking out for a battery sale now. So at least I know it's kind of getting towards the end of its useful life. Hmm. Well, one thing I discovered out here is uh, after my wife started driving the uh, electric car because you never changed oil, didn't have as much maintenance. You would run out of uh, windshield washer fluid uh, ah. because when you get your oil changed, normally people will top off all that stuff. They will do it at the car wash here if you ask them. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I was surprised by that. Never thought to ask them that. Huh? I didn't think about that either. It's um, I mean, it's nice to have that. I guess the worst thing that happened is you could find some water to spray in it. I, the one thing I have to think about is my daughter, my daughter's going to move to Michigan where it gets cold and it'll, oh, and yeah. it'll get kind of cold. So we have to, I wrote myself a note to make sure, um, I wrote my note, I wrote myself a note to make sure that um, we replace the um, windshield washer fluid with a uh, windshield washer fluid that has a, a, a rated down to like uh, below zero because it'll, it'll expand if it's full and crack that thing. Did you check the uh, coolant level? Uh, I'm sorry, the coolant mix to make sure it was good for whatever temperatures you're expecting there. That generally is good, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but that's generally good to whatever temperature it is. Um, so I think that was okay for the coolant. That's pretty normal, but I can't find coolant around here that goes down below zero. It basically goes down to about um, 32, or you know, freezing for. Fahrenheit, but I, where she's going to live, they'll probably have some nights that are down close to 10 or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you do have to drive your cars in different parts of the country. I just would have thought because it's so hot there. I guess engines always run hot, so it's got nothing to do with the ambient temperature where you live. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's about all I know about cars. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just one more question. When you were using oil in one of your Priuses, was it, um, was there smoke coming out of the tailpipe? Not that I noticed. Not that I noticed. Yeah. Where does the oil go? Okay. Well, thanks for this. This wrapping right. it up and uh, have a safe journey if you're traveling anytime. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.